Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. I want to, uh, I'm really trying to avoid what I feel like I have to say. So I'm going to. Ben, come here real quick. Where's that? Could you tell us a story that you told recently about the the watch? Ma, there I am. Uh, it was basically a story about two teenagers who were roughhousing. Let me breathe a minute. Y'all make me nervous just standing up here. Um, it was two teenagers uh, wrestling and playing roughhousing in their room. And one of them lost their watch, and they went to looking for it. Long story short, they couldn't find the watch. So their younger brother hears about it, and he decides to go into the room and do something a little bit different than maybe the boys had done. The boys had just done what most of us would do, go in there and tear everything up, looking for it, trying to find it, and not finding it. Um, So this younger brother goes in, and the first thing he does is he goes in the room, and he shuts the door. shuts the door and then he lays on the floor and he gets really quiet and he listens for the tick and he hears the tick and he goes to where he hears the tick and he looks behind something, he grabs it and there's the watch and he comes out and gives it to his brothers. So that's it. We in this room, I'm speaking that if if people that are outside of this tribe hear this, I hope it touches you, but I want to speak to this tribe today. We are called to something way bigger. And it's not just the people in this room. It's people that are to come. It's babies in the womb. It's those little kids over there. And it's the ones in this room. We're called to be those that lay on the floor and listen to the tick. Let's put Romans 12.2 up there, Passion Translation. Y'all need to turn on that light back there. I can't see you anymore. Before I say this, let me tell you something. I, this is what is tough for me to say, but I'm going to make a declaration today that Abba is pushing on me. And I've bucked against this because I don't like what goes along with it in the mindset. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. We've spoken about this before. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. That comes from an idea that the Romans, when they would conquer a city, they didn't just take over, kill everybody, or send them on their way. They actually came in and they wanted their culture to start to take over that city. That would be the longevity of their rule. So they would send these up front front runners 
that carried their culture from art to speech or anything else in between. They, they would go, and these people up front that would go to, sh- to shift the culture, they, they were apostles. That's what they, that was the meaning of the word, that they would shift culture. And that's what Yeshua refers to when he starts to call his disciples apostles. Because what he's saying is, I want you to go in and shift a culture, to shift a mindset. One of the greatest things about Apostle Ball is that even when we didn't like what he said, kind of made you think, though. And because we trusted him and we, we loved him and we, we, uh, and we believed in who he was to us and to this house, we, we, at least, we at least gave ear to that. Most of us probably almost leaned too far to where they went, you know, all the way in when he was trying to get a result, not necessarily you do exactly by the book what he was saying. I'm an apostle of this house. I am, I am the apostle of this house. That does not mean exactly how you think it should mean, but I want to make this statement so that you can understand that I am a covering for this house, that I, am, I might be young, but this is what I was called to. Doesn't mean I want you to start calling me apostle, please, unless that's something to you to say, don't do that. That's not, that is a title. And actually, this whole house is an apostolic house. It means that you are an apostle as well, that you're to step into the culture. But I want you to understand so that you can, I can say this, so I can say this to you. You can trust me. You can trust me. You can trust that the words that I say are pure. You can trust that they're not mixed with an opinion. I, most of the things I say, I don't want to say. <laughs> Honestly. Most of the times I have to speak, I don't want to speak. But this is what Holy Spirit has called me to. And he has demonstrated to me time and time and time and time and time again that faithful is he who calls you, who also will see it through, who also will do it. This is where my grace lies. And I want you to understand that this house is not uncovered. And it's not, here's a level, and then, then, then you got it. Damon, he really covers his house. Apostle Damon's really a lot for me. Doesn't mean that he doesn't have a voice in this house because I give him that voice in this house. And he would be in agreement with this, but I am the voice in this house. And I don't say this with pride, I say this with all humility. I say this for you, for your sake. One of the biggest issues that we have, one of the biggest issues that we have, I think, as kingdom believers, is that we have options. We have too many options. We can go, in, I talk about this a lot, but, but I want you to hear me. Why I'm trying to say this about myself, why I'm trying to let you know I'm a safe place, is because we got to go somewhere different. We got to do it differently. And I need you to trust me and trust my word. You have Holy Spirit and you can hear Yahweh for yourself. I'm not the voice of God to you. But I am a voice to you that you can trust. This is what I was called to do. Change your mind. Change the way that you think. It's why most of the times I say things that's a little bit abrasive and kind of like, I don't like that. 
that almost sounds like it's convicting me. It sounds like, you know, he's trying to catch us on something. I'm not. I'm trying to take your gaze and point it back towards the Father. It's the only place I can look. And when I was, uh, I was, I was at Apostle and Miss Shirley's house, as a lot of you were, uh, when Apostle had that amazing moment of just clarity towards the end of his days and he laid hands on us and he spoke over us and he spoke blessings. He recalled everything you could recall. And it was such an amazing thing for all of us. But Apostle, I have the picture in my office. He, we were going through this transition type deal in the background and, you know, we couldn't really, it was, it was all kind of just here, there, and everywhere. And, and I know that what we were looking for is for Apostle to step up and just say, this is how this is going to be next. And so I stepped up knowing where I was and knowing the call I had. I got up next to him and he was speaking over me and, and talking about some things and just, you know, really uh, being pretty humorous. And it was, it was great. Um, and all of a sudden he put his hand on my head. And I think everybody in that room was like, shh, shh, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. Because they wanted to hear him say, you're the next one. Apostle Ball never said that. Apostle Ball never ordained me. Just let's clear that air just in case someone's following because of that. But what he did do was he put his hand on my head and he spoke outside of his norm saying, someone is going to have to restore hope to the people. That someone is you. Don't try to imitate anything. Don't try to be anything else. Don't try, to, uh, don't try to prove to anybody or show anybody. You speak and he will show them who you are. And since that time, I've been a prisoner to hope. A joy-filled expectation for good. And I did not know how bad I needed that word stepping into the role that I was stepping into because people are like, well, this is going to be the hardest thing you've ever done. They had no idea what they were saying. A Cat 5 hurricane hit us. We all kind of dispersed. There was transition. I had to be a, a leader in the time that apostle uh, was transitioning. I had, to, I had to walk through all of those things. And just all I had to rely on was Holy Spirit, not a degree, not uh, Bible theology, not anything else except the word that Apostle Ball gave me, which was hope. And then marrying that with the word that he's spoken to me all my life is hear Holy Spirit and obey. And so it's taken us through every single moment from pandemic to not being able to gather here to being able to gather here to how should we do this. And, and all of the questions in between has brought us to this moment where our nation has, is, is literally shaking. And Ben said something. I, I've gone back and listened to his word multiple times. But one of the things that has impacted me that he said is he said, things are shifting. And in the shifting, there's going to be a sifting. Only Ben could say it like that. I should have had you come up and say that one. But in the shifting, there's a sifting. Yahweh gave me the word reformation two weeks ago, and I haven't been here since. 
Two weeks ago, he gave me this word reformation, and, and really what that word means is, it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an analogy instead of trying to define it, but think of a target. There's a big target that we want to hit. However, we've been aimed about three ticks to the left, and we're going towards what we believe to be the target, but we're actually not going towards the right target. So what reformation does is it goes back grabs a person's hand shooting the arrow and turns it a couple ticks to make sure we're straight at that target. That was the word he gave me two weeks ago right before the riots where you can't hear this on the podcast so just know that I'm giving quotes that Trump supporters stormed the Capitol. I said that for a lot of you guys. That's right. that idiots stormed the Capitol. And Eva and I were outside. We had just gotten one of a a brand new table that we've been waiting so long for and we were so excited to have it. And we were able to move our table outside and just watch our kids play. And we're sitting there watching our kids play and Eva gets a call from someone and they're talking to her about things and she's like, hey, I, I, uh, I don't care. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sitting here, today is a great day. I'm sitting here watching my kids play in the blessing of Yahweh, a house that we've been waiting for for a long time. I'm excited about my table and to be completely honest with you, I don't want to hear it. And she shut the door to this voice. Now that is a big deal if you know the journey Eva's been on. It called to her. Am I lying? That's always called to her. When I met Eva, she had bumper stickers on her car that were political. And I was like, my gosh, you can't do that. Don't have that on there, please. It's always been a part of her. But something shifted in the roaring 20s. And she made a decision to set the Lord before her always. And she chose a different path. And I have chosen a different path. That's not what we're graced to walk in. All right, let's go to Romans 12 too. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful, satisfying, as you live live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. If you want to live a beautiful life that's satisfying and perfect in his eyes, stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you. You are an apostolic house, okay? Like, you are an apostolic house. Shift that culture in your head real quick. 
Don't think of an apostle. When you, sit, when you hear apostle, don't think doctrine. Don't even think honor. Don't think all of these things of this is how it looks. I want you to break that in your mind. Apostle Ball did what he did and he did it well so that we don't have to do what he did well again. I'm an apostle, but not like you know him. For this day, for a new day, for a day like any, like has never been before that eye has not seen nor ear has heard. That is what I'm the apostle of. And I'm calling to this tribe. I'm looking for a people that are going to follow me as I follow him. And we're going to walk together in this thing. But I need your focus and attention. He needs your focus and your attention. And I'm going to make a statement here. And I'm going to back it up biblically. I personally, my personal conviction is that there's a reason that Donald Trump is not seated seated as the president. And it has nothing to do with wickedness. It has nothing to do with a, a robbed election. My opinion of this has nothing to do with that. Exodus 34, 14. I'm not even going to open my Bible. I've got a big old Bible. I'm going to do it like you guys do. For you shall worship no other God. For the Lord who is, whose name, what does name mean? Nature. Nature is jealous. Is a jealous God. And this is my conviction doesn't have to be right in your mind. It just needs to shift your mind. I believe that the believers of this day are the reason that Donald Trump is not in office. I believe because if we have our faith in him, it's hard for us to have our faith in Yahweh. We've proven it over the past two years. We've proven that we get all upset and all moved and all shaken when, he, when things aren't going the way that puts Donald Trump in a place of exaltation. I, Going back to, you can trust me. I know it sounds funny, but I'm, I'm truly saying this. This is, I'm, I'm not. I, you, you, let me tell you, natural Mark. I believe I voted for Donald Trump. I wanted and want Donald Trump to be the president of the United States. I think that Yahweh has used that man in miraculous ways. I think all of those things are true, and I think that I'm not for anybody that's for abortion or some of these wicked things that are in the policies and ideas of this administration, but I can promise you this, President Biden is my president in America, but he ain't my king, and neither was Donald Trump. And my hope I'm a prisoner. Zechariah says, return to your fortress. Return to your stronghold, you prisoners of hope. You remember us declaring this over ourselves after the hurricane? You want to know why we could almost easily do that in some ways? It's because we had no other option. There's nothing that hit our hearts like a joy-filled expectation for good. There's nothing more true than it's not beautiful yet, but it's going to be. We could put our faith and marry our faith to that thing. There was not all of these cultural things that uh, 
that, that were taking place around us. We were just a tribe walking through a day together. And we chose as a tribe, those that remained here, that believed they were supposed to be a part of this, to walk it out in hope, in joy-filled expectation for good. And he was faithful every single step of the way to this step right here, to being in this building. Bill Johnson t- told the story I heard recently of, of this, this uh, he was a very athletic guy, uh, I think he might have even been an Olympian or something. This is a true story. But he, he got in a very bad accident and lost one of his limbs, lost his arm in this accident. And, you know, he had, he had people around him that just told him, I think this was actually when he was younger, and people around him told him, like, you know, you're never going to do anything creative. You're never going to do anything athletic again. There's just no way around that, which, you know, it, we have these whatever hoo-ha stories, but just listen to me because this is a true story and understand what the point I'm making here. So he, so this man uh, determines in himself that, yes, he is going to, and, he, and he's looking up uh, uh, things that he can do, things that he can play with only one hand. And there's a game called handball, apparently, where you have like some kind of leather mitt and you hit this ball with your hand. Um, and he gets good at it, so good that he gets to the top level and so good that he gets to like the championship thing and wins it. And he's sitting there being interviewed and this interviewer just says, listen, man, I'm just going to be straight with you. This game's called handball. You've got one hand You've got other guys that have two hands that have been playing forever and you come into this game and beat everybody. How is it possible for man with one hand to beat everybody with two hands? He said, that's super easy. Great, let me hear it. He says, I have one option. He said, others, when the ball comes at them, they have to decide left or right what's going to be the best way to hit this ball. When it comes towards him, he says, I've got one hand, one option. I'm single-minded. And a house divided cannot stand, neither can a mind. And our problem in church and our problem as believers is that we're looking at options that line up with our natural bents. We're looking for things that agree, and when they agree, we come into agreement with those, and when that house falls, we're so confused and we're so lost that we look for the next option that kind of, well, we have a little bit more hope. We have a little bit more hope in that thing. I'm telling you, my hope is in the Lord. My fortress is Him. That's what Psalms tells us, what the fortress is, is Him. When Elijah and Elisha, when, they're try, when there's this transition, Elisha wants a double portion of Elijah, what he has, he tells him, if you see me when I go. It was an uncommon call. He wants this double portion. If you can see me when I go, it'll be yours. Well, the chariots of fire come down in front of him. And he still kept his eyes on Elijah. He had an uncommon call. It required an uncommon focus. That everybody else would be, that's it, that's it. Yes, the chariot of fire, for sure. There's no way that's not him. Meanwhile, Yahweh's calling us to a different thing. 
He's calling this house to a different thing. He's calling us to not be swayed and moved by the opinions of the culture, to not be double-minded, to not be divided, to not go looking for some answer when he is the answer. Do not rely on a man or a man's opinion. And it's everywhere today. I know people who have literally had to just cut it off, completely cut it off. It's a good start. It was my start. It was Eva's start. It's Jonathan's start. I know a lot of people that literally just said, I'm shutting off any other outlet in my life. And then there's this pressure and there's this fear that goes, well, what if something slips by? What if I miss something? I got something for you. You haven't changed anything yet from looking at it. Except you. And you want to know what you're going to change by not looking at it? You. Your hope, your faith, your trust, your joy, which is supposed to be the strength from the Lord, your, your peace that surpasses understanding, unless the people that you were believing should be in office aren't in office, that's not passing understanding. This is what made the church irrelevant is because we get out there and we're just bold to declare our opinions. But it's not a prophetic word. It's not a word from the Lord because if it was, it would not return void. And we've shown our cards and we've said, this is what we believe as a church. This is our opinion and we want Yahweh to match up with that. And he's saying, no, (laughs) that's not how it works. That's not how it works because if I let you go that route, you'll rely on that and we will never walk together in the garden. I'll never be able to shift the culture through my people like I want to. And I'm telling you that this house is meant to be an apostolic house. Shift the culture. And you can't shift the culture if all you're doing is looking at the culture. And I've preached this for a year and a half. And I'm going to preach it again. Because I care about you and I care about me. And I care about more than anything the word of the Lord to this house. And I care that we go further than, than anybody else. I care that we carry his presence and we believe his presence is enough to change everything around us. I care that I, I'm a father in a house of people that believe that his presence is, is enough and that he has every single thing in control. A people that has an uncommon focus. I don't want my kids every single day to see me left and right, right and left, up and down, moved by everything happening around them. Why is dad yelling at me today? Why is dad so upset? Why is dad not present? I don't want my friends, I don't want my, my staff, my people that are around me to be like, why is Mark so not present? Why is he left? Why is he right? Why is he everywhere? No, I want it to be said of me that he is rooted in faith and hope, that he is rooted in Abba's voice. He doesn't just get up there and preach it. He lives it. There is a peace in him that is changing the peace in me. There's something that's saying, I want to trade what's within that person right there. I want to trade what was within Eva that day when she said, I'm just looking at my kids. I'm just, I, I, my focus is them. My call, my field. I, I don't know if you're talking about literal work field or if you're talking about a field. But either way, our field is his field. 
And I understand, I do, I understand that there are some that don't agree with this. And I don't think that you're wrong. I just don't know that this is the place for you. And I want it to be. But I'm not going to change my tune. And I'm, I'm, I'm jealous like he is over this house. And I'm not, I'm not going to stand up here every single week and, and, and talk about politics. And I'm not, we're, we're moving on. We're, we're, we're going somewhere different. And I want those that are called to this house and this tribe to, to, to come in with me and to be singularly minded, to be singularly focused, to, to be able to just see him, to just walk in him because nothing else has worked Nothing else has changed anything. We're still back. I mean, from, from uh, revivals to presidencies to anything else, we're still, as a church, as a culture, our focus should be as that the glory of the Lord covers the earth as the waters cover the sea, that we are vessels of his glory, that it's on earth as it is in heaven. That's my focus, and that's my heart, and that should be the heart of this tribe. We're not a church, we're a tribe. There's a difference. We're not a church, we're a tribe. I am, my, my nature is Joseph, and I'm called to prosper in a day of famine. When others are hurting and are hopeless and don't have joy and think that we're going to hell in a handbasket, I'm sitting here saying, can you not see the storehouses we've had and been storing for years and years, he prepared me for this day. I was designed for this day. I thought, I'm sorry, guys, I'm sorry. I thought the point was that the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. I thought the point was anything that can be shaken will be shaken. I thought that was the point. You amen when I said it. The problem is reformation. We've been aimed at the wrong target. And he's coming today to help tick us back right on target. His face. I've set the Lord always before me. So I can't be moved. I can't be moved. I'm a prisoner. Hear my words. I'm, I'm in prison to hope. You couldn't get me down if you tried. At this point in time, I might have my moments where I waver or whatever, but ultimately deep down, understand that I'm a man of hope and this house is a house of hope. And I want people that start to hear about this house of hope, people that start to hear about the frequency that we're putting out, people that start to hear something wild. Remember that? Here's something untamed, something different than the culture around them. I want when they come here to be met with authenticity and not mingled seed. Not double-mindedness. I don't want someone, don't, listen to me right now. If you are going to be a part of this house and you do believe you're a part of this tribe, then please, if you enter into a political war with somebody else, do not let them know that you come here until you figure that out and get sorted back ticked back to the target because I am 
I, like I keep saying, but I'm jealous over this house. When I, when, I, when I go to sleep at night, I think about this place being something far different than it is today. And I love what it is today. I love you. I love, I love who I get to be in this house. I, I, love, I love how many kids are around now. I love the new gym. I love this land. I love that we, never, we didn't just sell this off and go somewhere else and build something nicer. I love this certain place. And I just, I want to completely continue to tell you that the reason I say what I say is because I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to say it. It's the only way I can say it. Plain Jane, this is Holy Spirit speaking to me and through me. And he wants this tribe to get it. And he wants me to get it. And you can trust that that is true. And I am a man of integrity. I'm a man of honor. I have submitted my heart to authority my entire life and I continue to I'm not ever going to look for the easy way out I'm never going to try to tell you what you want to hear but I'm going to seek truth I'm going to seek the reality of the kingdom and I just believe today I'm, I, I want to ask you are you coming and that, that's something you got to ask yourself. Are, are you coming along the, on, on this ride? And maybe it's not today. Maybe you need to get some things. But, like, I'm, I'm always okay with let's walk this out together. I'm always okay with we messed up or whatever. I just want the focus to be Abba in the reality of his kingdom, not the reality of this nation. You are the answer. Christ in you is the answer. That's the hope of all glory. And if you, with that in mind, if you, if you go back to the beginning of this year, if you go back to the beginning of this year and you think about the word spoken, we talked about believing, Amon, coming into agreement, Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael. In fact, let's read, I want to read that. I, I started to read it earlier. I don't even remember where I gave it to you from, uh, like in Passion or whatever. Let me find it for a second. I had a specific thing I wanted to say about it. If not, we'll just decide. Let's go. Let's, I think I'm going to do the passion. No, no, no. New King James. But you guys don't have to worry about it, remember? It's whatever I gave them. <laughs> Daniel 3.16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. This is where, if we back up, I probably didn't go far enough back, and they don't have this, so you're going to have to trust me. 15 says, Now if you're ready at the time, you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made Good, but if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Now, this sounds intense, it does, but worship is about exaltation. There's, there's many cultures that worship many gods. But that's not the kingdom, and that's not reality. 
there is one that we worship, okay? There's one that we ultimately come into agreement with. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. (laughs) In other words, come get some. In other words, when people come up to you and ask, what's your opinion? No, but uh, you want to talk about the kingdom of God? You want to talk about what's burning in my heart? You want to talk about the fire in my eyes? We can talk about that. But I'm not going to let you see. I, I, want, I don't want you to see me. I want you to see him. When you've seen me, she started to say it, Tara, and you didn't want to go all the way to say it. But when you've seen me, you've seen Jesus. When you've seen me, you've seen Yeshua. Why? That's not heresy. That is literally what he wanted. It's just like he said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. When and I and you and you and me and me and him, and we're gonna be the same, one, single-minded. You are my apostles to change the culture around you. Stop being changed by the culture around you. Woo! That felt good. 17 says, if that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from, burning, from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver from your hand, O king. But if not, or the other translation which I love better because it comes from that song too, but even if he doesn't, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Our, our issue is our cisterns. Our issue is, is that we don't know how to say, it's hard for us to say even if he doesn't. So we say in case he doesn't. They, they didn't have another option. They had one hand. The other one was gone. There was, not, there was not like, okay, well, if this doesn't work out, um, well, this is plan B. Because then, you know what? Okay, got, I got it. 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 All right. So what's going to happen is there's going to be all this corruption revealed, and then Donald Trump's going to be in office. Got it. Let's start spewing that. Please don't come into agreement with that. If that happens, great. It's part of Yahweh's plan. If it doesn't, great. It's part of Yahweh's plan. And you just need to be a son and a daughter and step in a place to where you say, one thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek. One thing, one thing, one thing, one thing. That is the culture of this house. One thing have I desired. They didn't have another option, so there wasn't, there wasn't, a, there wasn't a backup plan. In fact, it kind of makes them sound ridiculous in that moment. He can and he will, but if he doesn't, um, still not bowing. I, 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 I came into agreement. I believe, Amon, that's all I have, and I'm looking, and I'm going to be a part of a tribe that is sold out to that heart, even if he doesn't. If a hurricane hits again, still called. 
If the nation starts to shake and things are not looking good and we're having mask mandates and their taxes are being raised and all of those things, at the end of the day, it's all his anyways. And I could care less because nothing can rob my peace in this inner joy that I've found in the field called singularity, called one thing. Hebrews 4, 2. Actually, I'm going to start at one. I haven't, listen, I gave these guys like a million scriptures and then I went and like sat in my office for a little bit and it all changed. So I'm going to start at one. Hebrews 4, 1 out of the New King James Version says, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Short of what? His rest. Two, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those that heard it. It goes to the soil. What kind of soil am I speaking into today? What kind of soil am I taking this seed that Abba put in my heart? Is it going to profit you? And the thing is, is if it doesn't line up with your agenda in this culture today, you can find another. And that is the problem. You need to allow that seed, even if it doesn't feel good, even if it doesn't sound good, even if it doesn't come into agreement, even if it doesn't come through what you've been prophesying and you had this, you had this platform of speaking about things and declaring things in his goodness, he's kicking the platform out from under you in his goodness. He's saying, Just focus on me. In his goodness, hear me today. In his goodness, Donald Trump is not seated on the throne. It doesn't mean I agree with it. Doesn't mean I think it came by honestly. Doesn't mean I think it's going to be easy, but I'm going to stop imitating the ideals of the culture around me. Because the thing that's going to change everything, if you can believe it, it's going to start here. It's going to start in your heart. You're going to be so solid and sure about where you, like, I could not lose hope if I tried. I'm a prisoner to it. And that doesn't scare me. That, That excites me. What if things get bad? What if there's loss? What if there's, there will be. There, I'm not going to lie, there will be. This, this, isn't, this isn't about being easy. You were born for this day, not to, not to just, you know, not to just have your good thing settled, you know, exactly how it should be. The, the kingdom's like leaven, but also he tells us to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod, of the religious and the political system. It's, leaven is something that starts to permeate. It's not overnight. You don't just wake up and it's the presence of the Lord everywhere I go and I'm changing all the culture around me. He wants you to sit in that word for a little bit. He wants to be one-on-one, face-to-face, literally you, t- you driving in your car, shut it off for a minute. Doesn't mean it's gonna look good. Doesn't mean it's gonna feel good. Doesn't mean you're gonna get this aha moment and everything's gonna feel like, oh my gosh, the presence of the Lord just filled this car. And it might. 
But ultimately, it's going to be a permeating thing where you wake up one day and you say, I don't tremble at night anymore. You, you sit there and you say, I don't have those dreams anymore. In fact, I have some dreams that are completely different than anything I've ever heard. It's like he showed me something so creative, something so obscure that I have not heard this before. I've got to write it down and I'm going to watch with expectation because that's what I've got inside of me and see what he's going to do. Every, uh, yeah, I know you're freaking out, dude. Chill over there because I'm so focused on this. If you want to jump in, this is what I'm saying to you today. If you want to jump in, jump in. I need those with me. I want to run with you. I want to I follow what Yahweh's put in your heart. I want you to follow what Yahweh's put in my heart. But I'm going. I'm going. And I'm full of hope and excitement and joy unlike I ever have before. And I'm not worried about 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 what's going to take place because I know he takes what the enemy meant for evil. I know that he, he, he turns and uses it for good. I know he's working all things for my good. I know that it's supposed to shake. I know it's supposed to shift. And I know it's going to sift some things out. And we've got to be called to reformation. We've got to be called to the belief. We've got to know his nature. And he's not sitting up there looking who he could smite. When you've seen me, you've seen the Father Yeshua said, if you can't see the nature of Abba in Yeshua, you can't see the nature of Abba. That's what I want you to know about me, is that I am love and that I care deeply, and that I do speak today, I work miracles, and I'm walking through a people, even in Bay County, Florida, unlike I ever have before. Greater works will you do. That's a challenge. We haven't seen that, but I want to make sure that we're on that trajectory. I want to make sure that I'm faithful as a leader, as an apostle, as a father, as a man in this house to say, like, I'm not going to settle for anything else. I don't, I don't want to be here if it's anything else. I don't want to preach a good old hunky-dory message to you. I don't want to get up here and talk about politics and how things got robbed because I can go anywhere and hear that. I was called to be wild. I got something wild burning inside of me. I've got fire in my heart, and I want it in yours, too. But it takes focus, single-minded focus. I tell you because I've lived it. I'm telling you because I've lived it. There are people around me that I trust and love that I, even if they spoke something to me today, it would still turn my ear and I would listen because I trust and care about them. But I've seen them shake and go back and forth. And I've had to still stay on the path that even though that's not really what I agree, I love you, I honor you, that's great. But this is what he called me to. And I can't rely on anything else except Holy Spirit today for this house right now, right now. I feel this so strong inside of me. Like I feel like this is exactly why you and I took the first breath here on earth. For this day. We gotta, we gotta be willing to leave the shore. We gotta be willing to raise our sails. We got to be willing to turn when he turns and follow Holy Spirit and not look at things the same way. And that sounds good, but it's hard to do. And I, I get it. It was hard for me. It's hard for my wife. It's been hard for others around me, but we got to make the shift. I, I believe the culture is at stake, and it's not because of who's in office, it's because of the church. 
It's because of those that are supposed to represent Christ and are not doing a good job today. There are people, but they're, 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 ultimately the church as we know it is not representing the Christ. It's not something you can say when you, if, it, it, I think it's, it's sad to say if you've seen the church, you've seen Yeshua. That's, you see how conflicted people are when they look at a church and they see like, you sound just like my Aunt Jo. You sound just like Bob over here. You sound just like everyone else. And guess what? Nothing changed. And you're freaking out and you're cussing people out online and you're upset with this person. I see you getting mad because somebody behind you said something about Kamala Harris and you turned around and gave him the business. Who, you're Jesus? Later. What it should look like is all of a sudden you have a prophetic word that's not from this world. You have prophetic wisdom. You have kingdom, a kingdom mindset. You're being guided by the impulses of Holy Spirit. And it's leading you to change things around you. People are like, I've never heard that. I've never seen that. I've, I, I can't, I just don't even get it. But I want to. I want to be able to just watch my kids play and not worry about everything else. I want to not just wake up with fear in my heart. I want to wake up and I'm not angry at everything. I want to wake up and not have to look at what the weather looks like today because ultimately I know it's good. And it's available for us today if we choose to walk in it. And that's a choice. It, it ultimately, it's a, it's a choice. It really is. It's, a, it's an everyday choice, Ben, right? Every single day. Let's go to uh, Romans 8, 5 through 14. I literally just read it as my notes. Romans 8, verse 5. We'll see where we go. You see, I think, I think we've, we, we know deep inside, I think there's something in our hearts that knows that we, this earth is ours. That, that, that he, that Yahweh so loved the earth and all that he created, that he so loved the cosmos, that he gave his only begotten son. I think deep down we believe that we're sub- supposed to be taking dominion over this earth. We're supposed to see things change. It's supposed to reso- respond to kingdom sons. We know it's waiting on tiptoe. We know all of these things. Like, and, and so it's frustrating when it's not working out. So we strive to, to seek justice. We, we strive to take the world. We strive to take the earth, but the Bible says it's the meek that actually don't take it, they inherit it. We don't need to strive for something that was meant for inheritance. Does that make sense? That's why we're frustrated, I feel like. This church is getting up with their swords ready to take the earth, and he's like, I gave it to you and I will give it to you when you're ready. I, I, I want you to be meek, which means that you're passionate, but also bridled under Holy Spirit's impulses. That's what meekness means. It means what, what Yeshua did when he knew who he was and he still got low. It means being humble. It means being, it means being the lion and the lamb. And, and it's, it's actually those 
kingdom sons and daughters that inherit this earth. It's given to us. And he's not going to give it. He's not going to, you know, like the people that have an inheritance, but there's uh, good, good fathers and and people that use wisdom. They have this kind of deal. Like if I go early, these, this is the steps to take. I want you to release this at this time, release this at this time, release this at this time. And there's this strategy to make sure that what he's going to give us does not break you. Because I could give you, I could give somebody, you know, it's one of the things with like the lottery. So many people win billion or millions of dollars and then all of a sudden they go completely wasted, completely wrecked, life's ruined, family's broken, everything's terrible because they never went through the process of earning that which they have. They never had the foundation to, to handle that weight of all of that stuff. It sounds great, but it also kill you. And so being able to speak over this earth and see it respond, well, we need to make sure that we're speaking his words and not ours. And until we come to the place that we're, wa- we're able to inherit that thing, that we're ready for inheritance, we're ready for that type of authority, we need to stay seated in one thing, have a desired, and be singularly focused, to be completely listening to him. And I'm telling you, it's not something you're going to have to take by making sure that there's the right person in office. And it's not something you're going to have to take by setting up all these laws and walls and legalism and religion. And it's not that that's, that's, that's called the church trying to take what is already theirs. It's just an inheritance. And when we're ready, all of a sudden we're going to start to see, I have more authority today than I've ever had. I, I spoke into that situation because I heard, I heard him speak. And so I, I knew I had the grace to speak it. And I did. And guess what? Things are shifting. I know I've accepted a little bit more of my inheritance. And when I, it doesn't mean you don't feel it. It doesn't mean you're not a lion. It just means that you also know how to be a lamb. It knows that you also know how to follow. It knows that you also know how to be bridled and not moved just because you're passionate. It's great to be passionate, but don't be moved by passion. Be moved by the impulses of Holy Spirit. Yeah. Romans 8, let's do it. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is at enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you now, uh, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead, will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit. It's the same spirit. Not, not, a, not a mingled spirit. That dwells in you. Are we believers? Do, do, are we believers? Do we truly believe that Christ died and was resurrected and now dwells within us, then you have the responsibility to respond differently. 
We have the responsibility to respond differently. Let's jump to the passion translation of that, Derek. Is this it? Okay, those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves, but those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. You understand that this... (laughs) He's jealous. Remember how we started this? He's jealous, jealous, jealous. He will... He will, the, 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 the small is the gate and narrow is the path. You want to know why? That leads to life. It's because he's good. It's because he wants you to have one option, one hand. He doesn't want you to have this wide gate that anybody can walk through. He actually makes it easier for you. But he's jealous and you can't mix the two. You can't be carnally minded and spiritually minded. Well, we're, we're, we're human beings. Yeah, you are. But how are you, what are you being guided by? What is your impulses? What is, what is the first response? And then what is the second response? Because sometimes the first response is a little bit of fear and confusion. But the second, the one that's rooted, the one that overcomes has got to be Holy Spirit. It's got to be in this day. It's the world as we know it depends on it. Not because of today's circumstances, because that is the design. <laughs> because that's how we were, we were designed. He predestined that we would be conformed into the image of Christ. So he, he, he formed us, but he also knew that what he was going to do was conform us into the image of Christ. Am I losing y'all? For the mindset of The flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the spirit finds life and peace. In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to his direction. I'm going to, I'm about to wrap up here, um, but I I feel, I feel the need to, to just add some explanation here. This is such a common story, but it's such a story for this day. It's, it's how, it's how, it's, it's honestly the things that we're dealing with. And this is a story that many of us know as the rich young ruler. Mark 10, verse 17, I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. Nope. All right, then just listen to me. 1017, as Jesus started on his way, a man came running up to him. Kneeling down in front of him, he cried out, good teacher, what one thing am I required to do to gain eternal life? You see the approach? He's kneeling. It's the idea of submission. And what's this one thing that I can do? But Yeshua is going to respond out of your heart. And he says this, Jesus responded, why do you call me good? Only God is good. The funny thing about that is he, always says, he also says, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We have the same nature. I am God on earth. But to this man, he says, uh, why do you call me good? Only God is truly good. You already know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give a false testimony. Do not cheat and honor your father and mother. There you go. That's what you do. The man said to Jesus, teacher, I have carefully obeyed these laws since my youth. 
Oh, it didn't get you anywhere, did it? Those are good things. Those are all good things, obviously. But Yeshua is always, he said, I've come that this culture might know truth, reality of the kingdom. These things are good, but there's something deeper. And that's where we are today. He said, teacher, I have carefully obeyed these laws since my youth. Jesus fixed his gaze upon the man with tender love and said to him, yet there is still one thing in you lacking. Go sell all that you have and give the money to the poor. Then all your treasure will be in heaven. After you've done this, come back and walk with me. Completely shocked by Jesus' answer, he turned and walked away very sad, for he was extremely rich. I like how that says. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to feel the same way. <laughs> extremely, he, was, he was very sad, for he was extremely rich. For he was extremely rich. Jesus looked at the faces of his disciples and said, How hard it is for the wealthy to enter into, the, into God's kingdom realm. We've said this before, you know this, it's no revelation to you. We're not talking about necessarily money, and we always make a law out of revelations, and they're just meant for you a lot of times. A lot of times he's just trying to guide your heart into intimacy, and he's talking to this man knowing that if you really want to know the one thing you can do is that you have built your kingdom, and you're asking me to walk in mine, and you can't do both. So for you, I need you to sell everything. Give it all away. And if you have that heart, you can walk with me. And today, that's what I believe, that's where I think we are. We've built our kingdoms. We've built our buildings. We've built our churches. We've built our, 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 our pseudo-culture. And he's asking us to sell all of that again and to come into agreement with his focus, with his voice. And it's not easy to let it go. It's not easy to let these beliefs that we've come into agreement with go. But I'm telling you today, it's the way that we walk into the kingdom. It doesn't matter if you have a 401k. It doesn't matter if you have a good business. It doesn't matter if, uh, if you believe so hard about one way. Today, I'm telling you, I'm not saying literally sell it all unless he tells you to sell it all. But sell the idea that, that you made that happen. Don't take it. Inherit it. If you, if you don't have that tomorrow... You didn't need it. And if you, didn't have, if you don't have the leader that you have today, tomorrow, you didn't need him. He's still good, and his mercy still endures forever. And he's still seated on the throne. Just like we amen back then, let's amen today in the day of circumstance, in the day of disappointment. And make sure that that, that, that seed of disappointment doesn't become a root of sorrow that puts this house to sleep. Designed for so much more. I believe it so deep in here. I hope that you do. That's my, that's my joy-filled expectation is that you are getting this. This is striking a chord with you. Y'all stand. I don't want to lie to you and tell you that this, if you, if you go down this journey that there's not going to be a, it's not going to be a journey. That it might be uh, a little back and forth or whatever, and I, you don't walk in condemnation, you walk in conviction. If you feel yourself getting tilted this way, just come back. You know what's right. You know that you need to be tilted. Most people that are walking down roads, roads with 
drugs or pornography or in this day, politics or whatever, I think believers deep down know like this is not, this is not it. Like this, I should not be looking at this. I should not be caring as much as I do about this. I should have more peace than I do. And that's the voice of Holy Spirit. That's an impulse of Holy Spirit than saying, then sell it. Then get rid of it. Then walk in the kingdom of God. So I, I implore you, I tell you to sanctify yourselves today, become holy, set apart unto him. Give it all to him. If you have an opinion about politics, good. Now shut up. Everyone else does. I want you to have an opinion about the kingdom of God. And I want you to take Joe Biden's name out of your mouth unless you are praying for him as a leader. I want you to take Kamala Harris's name out of your mouth unless you have come to a place of such sonship that you can speak life over her. That you can speak. Because I'll tell you what's more life-changing than, than anything else. It would be to see people like them, people that don't quite line up with our culture come into the glory of Yahweh to be touched in a way that they're actually the ones that drain the swamp. That they're the ones that make America great again. That they start to, start to change the mind of, of those that are staring at them, that are looking at them. But you know what they need? They need our help. And they need the people to come behind them and not to speak poison. If we're speaking poison, the inheritance isn't coming. If we're seated and speaking from his word, listen, just, let, let me just say this simply. This tribe, like I've said, this is, this is, this is my word to the tribe today. Change the way that you talk. If you are on social media, if you are anywhere else, and I don't know, I've, I've heard people around me and I've kind of removed myself from the situation because I want to be, I told you I removed myself really from listening to Damon for a while because that's what Holy Spirit told me to do. Not because I disagree with him. I talked to him on the phone, love him, but Holy Spirit wanted me to be set apart to speak some things directly to me for this house. And so I choose to only be led by the impulses of Holy Spirit. Today, I believe that we need to take some time we need to take some time and make sure that the only thing that comes out of our mouth is life and light. And if it can't be, don't speak. You don't have to. It's all going to be okay. I'm not going to sing it, but I could sit here and sing. He's got the whole world in his hands again about everything. Because he does. He really, really does. He really, he's, not, he's, not, he's not wavering on his throne. He's not you know, now a little bit hurt and upset because Joe Biden's in office. He's not, n- none of that's true. That's not truth. That's not the reality of the kingdom. He's looking at you going, that is smoke and mirrors. I'm looking at you. I want to come through you. I want my church. And uh, he's not coming back for a spotted blemished bride. Okay. He's not coming back because we didn't, Damon always says, we, because, because we failed and we didn't get raised. I knew you couldn't do it. No, faithful is he who calls you who also will do it. We are supposed to spread the kingdom like leaven. Let it permeate your being in the world around you. That's what I'm saying. So if, if, if it's not, then let's just come into prayer and agreement. If you need prayer, I'm here. I'm, I, I want to just strike hands with you. I want to strike hands with you because this is really what he's doing and he's going to give you the grace to walk this thing out. Shut off the other voices. Have one option. One option, and that's the voice of Holy Spirit. You don't need anybody else. I don't care how sly tongue they are. I don't care if it sounds like great. I don't care if they are, if they are a great voice and they're actually speaking the right thing. 
you need to shut it all off to be singularly focused. I can't even say that word today, but you know what I mean? Single-minded, looking only at his eyes, his face. I've set the Lord always before me, always, and I can't be moved. Amen. Abba, I speak that over this people today. I thank you for your revelation truth. I thank you for a people that is good soil that's going to take this seed and let it permeate their being so it grows into a mighty oak, Father, and that those acorns spread out to others and that this message, that this word, that this word of life and joy and peace and truth, the reality of the kingdom starts to hit the culture like it never has before. First, the culture in our mind starts to be reformed, starts to be pointed back to the trajectory of your face and your will, Abba. We give this day to you. We give every single day to you. We give our, our, our disappointment in this day. We give our fear in this day. We give our, our, we give our right to know what's going on away today. We sell that today. And we just trust that, that knowing that we're following you is completely enough. We, we trust that we're looking for, we're going to stand in hope and joy-filled expectation to see presence start to permeate our lives, start to change our lives and the people around us. Our kids are going to have more joy. Our kids are going to be filled more with the spirit and, our, and we are going to have more joy and we're going to have uh, more, more encounters of the father in our secret place. And that we are going to believe again, come into agreement with your word and not a man's word. We don't need a king. We've got one. Thank you, Yeshua. We love you. We honor you as our king. We bow to you. We give you all worship and all, all authority in our lives today, Father. As the tribe of the Rockabay County, as the leader here, I am offering that up. We're putting those needs and those wants and those thoughts on the altar. And we just ask for your grace to help this place walk in the anointing, in the peculiarity, in the wildness that you designed us to be. And I just want there to be a fire burning in our hearts tomorrow when we wake up. Let there just be a peace and a joy that we didn't know we had, but it woke up. Let us walk every single day to your glory, Father. Everything we do, let it be with your Holy Spirit in mind. And let us think twice. Not double-minded, but think twice about the decisions we make and ask ourselves, is this Holy Spirit or is it me? I ask you to unify this house. Let this be a place of a unified body of brothers and sisters as one family, as one tribe, going after one target, your face. And we seek first the kingdom of God today. In the mighty, mighty nature of Jesus, of Yeshua. In the nature of Abba, we speak this. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. I meant what I said. If you need prayer today, uh, Pastor Ben, come up here with me. Thank you for listening. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org.